Are you feeling overwhelmed with the countless CRM options? Have you signed up for a CRM but find yourself not actually using it? I consider myself as quite the test dummy when it comes to mortgage CRMs as I've honestly tried all of them and have come to the conclusion that really simple scales. The fancy automations, bells and whistles sound appealing at first, but in my opinion, it's a huge distraction from doing the activities in your business that really drives in the results and close loans. In this episode, we have Josh Misk from BrokerEdge to chat about what he's seen successful brokers do with their CRM, and we dive into the different campaigns and processes that actually work to find, keep, and close more business. If you're new to the show, my name's Tom Moffitt, and I'm joined by my good buddy, business partner, and co-host, Brandon Love. Whether you're new to the industry or a seasoned vet, you will get specific takeaways from every episode as we strive to make commission breath focused and granular. So let the Commission Breath podcast be your tool to grow in your mortgage business. Let's dive into the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Commission Breath. Brandon Love here once again with Tom Moffat. And today we have a special guest. We have Josh Miss from Broker Edge. Josh is a real beauty. We've had the benefit of having several cocktails with him over the past year. Kind of how he came into our orbit was we were out in Kelowna with his wife, M, and she was really pitching his CRM service, which I signed up at the time. I think I, think I did too. Did you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> now we're both on it and we're big fans of them as a family and Broker Edge as a business. So it's an honor to have you here, Josh. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, mean old fashioned, by the way. Make mean old <laughs> I perfected it over many. Yeah. And sometimes I haven't tried one. one. I got to try one of those. Last time I was driving, so I just watched you guys get obliterated. And- well, then we got into the Polish vodka shots afterwards. That wasn't a good call. <laughs> You'll never find me there. I can't do vodka shots. That's yeah. I, I'm going to try and like, denounce my Polishness for that a little bit going forward because didn't agree with me the next day. I feel like once you pass thirty. And then you're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do shots anymore. And I think you just had a 40th birthday. So maybe you should not do that many shots anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've got some Polish family that showed up to that party at the end of the night. And yeah, it's a great time to do some vodka shots. And no, it's a slippery slope. It's always like one in the morning too. It's never like to start the night out. It's like, yeah, let's finish the night with shots. I went to a Polish birthday party years ago and they had this, like everybody sits at a table. Is that one of those halls? Everybody sits at a table and they have this little craft in the middle of the table. It looked like a little water jug. And then everybody's got these little tiny see-through teacups in front of them. And it's like, what is this, this little tiny water? Like, what's that for? They go, oh, no, that's vodka. Really? And then, yeah, you eat your first meal. Everybody does a shot of vodka. And then the waitress comes around with a bottle and just fills up your little craft again like it's water. <laughs> that's, that's dangerous. It is very So dangerous. mortgages. We should probably get back on track here, fellas. So... Uh, <laughs> We wouldn't just have any CRM or tech on here. And, and this isn't just to plug brokerage right away. But honestly, like I've tried so many damn CRMs throughout the years. I'm not going to name any names. A lot of them have pros and cons. I'm sure, Josh, you would say the same thing. They're yeah. all unique. But what I like about brokerage is it's super simple. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to really break it down into two different frameworks. We've got our hunting and we've got our farming. Because when it comes to CRMs, you have to use them in order for them to be effective. So we're going to break down the different techniques and strategies that, as you mentioned, Josh, a lot of the top brokers, the successful brokers, the strategies they're using to hunt and farm. So we're going to break them into two different categories there. 
And I like alliteration, so I'm going to call it the hunt and the harvest because we want to reap the rewards of farming. I've been a farmer that didn't reap any rewards before, so I'm going to focus more on harvesting here. Farmer wants it his way. We'll go with your way. Getting into it, though, I think a lot of what happens with most CRMs and why we like you is that we can actually use your CRM. A lot of CRMs I've tried in the past, and full transparency, I was more of a spreadsheet guy. I tried a couple and didn't really like it. So I always reverted back to just using my simple spreadsheet. But why I like yours is I can log on and like actually see stuff, not like have to click my heels twice, do a spin, download some sort of thing. And then all of a sudden my January numbers show up. Some of them are just so overly complicated and bogged down with features. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into the CRM space? Because as a lot of people know, your wife is a broker and you both come from a banking background, but how did you decide to build this CRM? My background is more investment management. I uh, was in the bank for a long time and left and did kind of more fintech related stuff as it related to investments. And then got out of that in 2021 or 2022. I think it was 2021. And that's when, as you know, like mortgages were booming. And M was still, you know, early in the days of business on her own. But she was getting to the point where it was becoming overwhelming for her and she was bringing in a lot and it was hard to keep track of everything and things were slipping through the cracks. So when I finished up doing what I was doing, it was like, you know, what, I'm going to take some time, help you you know, do this and see what maybe I can be a fit, you know, and help your business. I actually went and did the mortgage test and quickly said, OK, I'm not going to do a lot of this mortgage. It takes a lot of time to get and build up that knowledge. Where can I help? And it was more on the technology side of things. So we started just playing around with different ways to automate the CRM she was using at the time. And then got to a point where we needed more automation and took one stab at it, built it once on existing CRM system, and then kind of hit a glass ceiling there. I couldn't do some of the things that I wanted to do with it. And then just really built it from scratch using some partners that I have, a company called Ruli. So I built it on their infrastructure and was able to really build exactly how I wanted to build this thing. And people started to kind of indicate some interest in it. So we turned it into a model on its own. And we've been going since November 2022. And it's grown you know, quite well since then. And it's been a lot of fun. I got to meet a lot of good people doing it. And it's fun to learn about the business and try to help people improve their business, help them, you know, save time for themselves and just grow what they're doing. So it's really how I got into it. Nice. That's awesome. So you kind of had quite a growth boom recently. I've noticed a lot of people jumping on brokerage. And when you see the CRM conversation come up on different groups, your name's mentioned a bit. So that's really great growth and a testament to some of the things you've been doing. So why don't you kind of tell us a little bit on the back end when someone signs up for brokerage, and they're inputting clients. What are you doing differently to help people organize those contacts and set up that hunting platform? I think with a lot of these technologies, like people are getting a lot right with it and you're having to build it a lot of customizations to make sure that you're doing everything that people need. And that's really important to be able to do that. Where I've tried to focus on this is to look at what's the real use case for people? What do their lives look like coming into this? And you're running a business, you have a sales business, you have a marketing business, you have a fulfillment business, you've got accounting to keep track. Everybody's an entrepreneur, they're plate full. And so how do you take stuff off the plate? Don't give them a tool that they have to get in there and work a lot with. And so we've defaulted to simple rather than 
opening up everything and making it fully customizable and you have customization features, but it's really been the focus. So the focus is like, how do you get this, turn it on, we can start you off with, you know, your existing database is populated in there. You have some guidance as to where to go to, like you said, focus on getting new leads in the system and then farming them after or, you know, harvesting and whatnot with it. So we bring in people's data to start with. We make it easy for them to connect to their email. And then we start them off with some journeys that exist already. So, you know, I think when you're looking at how to bring people into the system, it's looking at what leads are. You've got new contacts. How do you encourage them to work with you, whether it's a client or whether it's a business partner and creating really simple campaigns to encourage them to work with you. And I think that that goes for any CRM that you're working with. You know, you want to make sure your data is in there. And then once it is, how do I focus on those two things? How do I focus on getting new people to work with me. And then once they're there, building out that journey so that I'm, you know, consistently marketing to them and staying top of mind, you know, with them. Yeah. And I've gone through a bunch of onboarding phases through several CRMs and yours is very straightforward. Like I just did this a month ago, so it's pretty fresh for me. And, you know, it was easy just to kind of get all my Finmo data implemented right away. You did that for me in a day. And it's like so easy to navigate. So it's just simple scales. And you guys have really nailed that with Broker Edge. So like with that being said, like once a client is onboarded, so brokers onboarded, what are some of the best practices that you've seen some of the brokers set up right away to get some more business on the harvest side of things? You can say farming. I was just being a dick. <laughs> so, yeah. So if we kind of go away, if, you, if you've hunted and you've hunted well, I and mean, we can come back to that afterwards. But if you're looking at the harvesting fact, I think what's really important is you want to make sure that people that you're working with are warm the whole time. That's, I think, really most important when you have a pre-approval in place. So you're making sure that when somebody has a rate hold locked in and they're out there, they're shopping around, they're not forgetting about you. They're not walking into their branch and you know those people there are having a conversation to convert them. So you want to have those touch points with your client just to check in and to make sure that things are going according to plan. And what you can do with a CRM is make sure that you have those emails going out and you're automating them. Once I have something in a pre-approval, I know they're going to get these emails and I know my process is going to make sure I'm keeping that person warm. So that's kind of like during that process that you have. And then I think you want to look at as soon as that thing's going to fund, then, okay, now I've got this mortgage funded. Now what do I want to do with this person and make sure that they're going to be warm to me on an ongoing basis. I can maybe expand into their networks potentially. So I have an email that is going to ask them for a review, you know, on Google, because that goes a long way these days. Or, you know, an introduction to friends of theirs that they have. It's a soft ask. It's an easy thing to do. And that's a good time to send it because you're still top of mind. If they bought a house or they've got a new mortgage, they're happy, you know, and it's a good time to send that. So, you know, during, right after, and then... Obviously, when that mortgage is going to mature, you want to have something in place to you know, make sure that you're going to stay on top of that renewal. And then some of the systems that we work with allow us to pull in information from other mortgages that people have. So if they've got mortgages at RBC or whatever, you can market to those too to say, hey, your mortgage at RBC is coming up in a year and a half. Let's have a conversation about that, You know, not a year and a half in front of it, but maybe closer to. I think those are the things that you can do 
to make sure that you're keeping people warm while they're there, taking advantage right after they do it and making sure that, you know, that good experience that they have can do something for you. And then also, you know, future business down the road that you're staying top of mind for it. For sure. I really like finding other mortgages. That was a big benefit to me because I used to manually comb through the file and look for opportunities that way. And I remember the first time I migrated my data in there and it was like, so-and-so is up for renewal with lender, whatever. And I was like, oh, sweet. That's a deal I can reach out to them for. And I picked up the file as well. So I was like, okay, immediately closed file there, paid for the CRM for my year, which is always a good feeling when your tech pays for itself that way. I don't go in all the time. I think Tom is more proactive within the tech himself. You know, you guys know I'm old school and kind of the dinosaur in the business, but I like hopping in and seeing, okay, so-and-so is coming up for renewal in the next 60 to 90 days. And you can see that window there and reach out and pick up the phone and call them. But a lot of those templated emails and stuff that we've talked to listeners about over the past several episodes, if you're looking for a place to input those, a lot of the systems Josh has in place, you can put that right into BrokerEdge. So when your file's moving along, those are automatically firing for you. Again, whatever CRM that you're using, I think it's important to get those particular touch points in place so that you're just, you're staying warm with that relationship that you have and things aren't falling through the cracks and you can trust that your CRM is gonna be doing that stuff for you. You know, one of the things that we try and encourage with people is we have a feature where you can approve an email before it goes out. But it's good because it's kind of like a task reminder almost, but we'll send people the email and say, hey, do you actually want to send this email out to so-and-so? And, you know, that can come in pretty handy when you're working with somebody on, say, a pre-approval that, you know, you have this email that's going to go in and check in 60 days before the rate hold expiry and say, hey, how are things going? Remember, we've got this rate held for you for another 60 days. That might not make sense to send out because maybe, hey, I just talked to that person yesterday and they said on the weekend, I'm going to go look at this house and put an offer in. You don't need to have that email go out. So in some cases, you know, you want to make sure that you're not just blindly sending things out to people regardless of who they are, because then it doesn't look as professional. So, you know, you want to be targeted to that particular person. And I think that's really important as well when you have this communication going out. Yeah. I really like that piece too, because I think of it as kind of like a semi-automated platform that you have there because you have that reminder to push out and it doesn't do it automatically because I think with automation, you can overkill it way too much. And the last thing you want is for the wrong communication at the wrong time to be sent out to someone. So I like the fact that you do have control over that more of a manual kind of guy when it comes to like during the process, like I want to have control over what I'm communicating to my clients. So yeah, I do love that feature. All the features we're talking about can maybe be a bit overwhelming for brokers. I would just say that even if you just have it at one feature where it tracks the renewals for the mortgages you've closed and for the other mortgages that you haven't funded, that alone will pay for itself. Like even if you didn't use any of the features that we're talking about here, that's like one of the main reasons why I signed up because I've been a spreadsheet guy for a while too after trialing out all of these different CRMs and I really just needed something to track my renewals and not have to worry about it. The fact that it can pull from I think you guys are connected to like all of these submission platforms, right? The major ones, yeah. Yeah, like the fact it pulls from that, it's like, that's beauty. You don't have to worry about it. For sure. Yeah. I, think, I think a lot of the times when you get into CRMs and you get into different tools like this, you look at all of the features and you're like, okay, I'm going to implement all 10 because I know brokerage. There's a lot of options there, but you actually don't necessarily need all that. And I, I like your point there, Tom, like pick one to three that actually really works for your business. And that's going to give your business 
you know, the 20% uptick you need this year to have a great year. And then if you're comfortable with that, or let's say you get to add a team member at that point, then pick another couple to implement. You don't have to go in and re build your entire system and your entire business, just pick a few that work for you. Yeah, you can set I, I, a goal for every quarter, just have one goal, say, hey, every quarter, I'm going to add this. And at least, you know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I might be wrong on the pricing, but it's call it like 1200 a year, you know, you're going to fund one of those renewals throughout the year. So it pays for itself. And that's not just a plug you guys like it's honestly true. If you set that up, and then you just gradually sprinkle in these different features. So you're not overwhelmed right off the bat. That's how you're going to get to use the CRM. Because I find like when I was doing that, I would just try to get everything done at once. And then I would end up canceling my subscription a month later because I was trying to implement everything all at once. So that's another good point too, Brandon. Yeah, you know, I couldn't agree more. You got this journey. You want to climb this mountain. You have to go one step at a time. You're not just going to get the whole thing done at once. And it's no different with starting something brand new. And new technology can always be overwhelming to people. So, you know, what are the most important things? And those are some of them. And I think renewal, like you said, that can bring so much business to you. And it makes sense to the person you're just getting ahead of that. And you're providing them a good service too. Mm -hmm. because you're saying, let's have a real look at this rather than just going to the bank and, you know, redoing it. So I think if you can keep it really focused from your own perspective and keep it simple, then it's easier for you to understand. It's easier for you to set up and, you know, it's easier to manage. There's less for you to have to do as well. And, you know, sometimes you focus on like 10% of the things to get 90% of that value. And sometimes just some of these, you know, emails or communications that you're going to have with people are the things that get you the most. So focus on those real value adds for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think it's like the 80-20 principle definitely applies to CRMs and the mortgage business in general. If you're hammering out the things that actually matter, you're going to get the results there. And all the extra stuff is just fluff and distraction. Yeah, yeah. And even, you know, when you are communicating with people, the fluff and distraction, it's important to factor in. You know, when you're creating this content for people, I think, you know, think about the emails that you get or the communication that you get. What's your attention span that you get to this? And is this something that's just generic that's sent out or is it targeted to me and something that's relevant to my life? Like a renewal is relevant to me. And if I've got, you know, a little blurb that says, hey, let's have this conversation that's coming up. It's enough for me to pick up the phone or to create an appointment, you know, and I know you guys use a lot of Loom videos and whatnot. And those are great because they're 30 seconds, they're a minute long. And that's people's attention span when they're getting this communication. And people like to watch, you know, quick videos. It's a great way to communicate a message, simple, and it's fast. You've got that 90% of the value, you know, with that 10% or 80-20 branded. Branded principle, yeah. I think the renewal strategy, and we touch on this a lot, but using that to really show value to clients is one, because when someone's buying, obviously mortgage is top of mind. They're thinking about it a lot. They're shopping you a little bit more actively. When it comes time for renewal, they're not always thinking about you or they haven't got that letter from the bank. And if you come in at that right time and you're like, hey, I was thinking about you, they're like, that's so sweet. Like this guy's so great. And you're just like, yeah, well, really, it's just, I just want money. <laughs> <laughs> like people really appreciate that. And it can be a big win for your business. And it really shines a light on the service levels that you probably initially preached in order to get them as a client. Yeah. You're following up with them. You're tracking what's relevant and part of their financial life. And that's just showing that you're involved in it for sure. Yeah. So I think we've hit the harvest point pretty good now. So let's pivot to the hunt. So when I think of a CRM, I don't typically think of it being like good 
way to get business. But I know if you do implement some strategies well, you will get business from. It. I mean, we already talked about renewals. You can argue that's kind of part of the hunt as well. But what are some of the practices that you've seen brokers use that are getting them business from the CRM itself? Like maybe it's an example of going through the pre-approval process and embedding maybe ask to these clients, like, hey, do you have a friend or family? Like maybe stuff like that. Do you see anything on your side that people are doing well? We stage people. We kind of separate people between their contacts and their mortgages. And the contacts is where people come into the process when they're a lead, you know, or they're a new business partner. And I think when you can focus on somebody coming into your process as a lead or a business partner, and you want to have the right kind of messaging that goes out to those people to say, hey, this is how I work. Here's what I want you to know about me. And if you're a person, here's my application link or let's book a call. And I think you can have those set up. And I do see a lot of people using those, you know, lead capture drip campaigns to encourage people to book calls with them. And again, I think simple, you know, simple is best. Everybody's got the ability to really drill down and say, okay, what path is this person going down? They're a new lead, but they're a first time home buyer. And then they've got this and you can really focus on that. But again, that can get really complicated and big. And then you've got to create paths for everything. People that save the most time for themselves and can be the most pointed, you know, have a very simple drip campaign. You're a new lead. You're going to get a couple of emails, you know, or a text message here and there. And sometimes it's good to mix up the mediums that you're sending out to people. Like I know you guys did a lot of focus on that with your program where you had all the different channels kind of tied into one, which I thought was fantastic. If you can maybe spread that messaging around a little bit, that's great. But again, what I'm seeing for people that are successful and people that are trying to keep it simple on their end, it can be just a simple drip campaign. And, you know, that's going to work a lot of the time. I was just thinking off the cuff here, but like, I like the idea because we touched on this, but I don't think we really were that clear on it. But like with Broker Engine, you get a request. Should we send this email? And you can say yes or no. It's not fully automated that way. So you can choose to turn it off. So I, what I was just thinking there is like, I would almost build out a campaign that goes, this is my initial sequence. Okay. So you get your like Loom video introducing what the business is about, how we work. The next one's going to be like written as a text, but to me, it's just going to be a reminder, Hey, send this as a text. So you're building in a sequence there and you're just using broker edge to send a couple emails, but then to send different prompts to you to do things yourself because you can text within broker edge, right? Yeah, you can text. It's more of a generic text, you know, that comes from a generic number. So you'd have to say, Hey, this is Brandon. Here's my application link. Like I mentioned in the email kind of thing, which the best use of it, but yeah, in that approval before you send things, or if you don't have that and you want to just create yourself some tasks to send the email that gives you the ability to customize what's going to go to people because it doesn't have to just be yes. And it sends you can change what you're going to say to that person. And, you know, when it is the case that I know this is a first time home buyer, I'm just going to say something slightly different or ask about their kids because I know that they have kids or something else. And if you can shape that communication at the time, but as long as you have that reminder and that note that you're going to be sending that out, that's the important thing because that's where you don't let things slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. And you can focus on that minimal effort to personalize things right before they go out. I think that's the winning formula from my perspective anyway. And again, you can map the whole thing out and have these really intricate workflows, but you know, personal is best and pointed. That's going to keep people engaged with you. Yeah. What I've done in the past is I've built out first-time home buyer and first-time investor drip campaigns. And some of the listeners probably are familiar because we've sent that out before as just a free, hey, here's a drip campaign when we had uh, Leadvine going. But 
one thing that you can do is you can build those out and have that sequence whenever someone enters your, say you have like a lead magnet and it's for first time investors and you want to have those automations go out. Is there a way to trigger that in like, obviously you can set up the automation, but then can you just go in and just add their email or something and trigger it within brokerage? Yeah. Yeah. You can do that. You can set up, you know, direct campaigns and you can set up, you know, based on this person came from my seminar leads or they came from Google and want them to get this, you know, specific email. Yeah. You can do that, you know, with it as well, which I think you can probably do with most CRMs too. Nice. Okay. So clearly there's so much that can be done through BrokerEdge and through CRMs in general. And for your business, everyone's going to have a bit of a different approach for what's best for them and what works for their business and what they're trying to build that way. Is there a sweet spot on the amount of touch points you do per year? I personally feel that sometimes I'm really on the ball with this. And then at other points, I feel like I'm not doing enough. So Tom, maybe touch on this quickly from your side of things. If you think there's a sweet spot and then Josh, you have all the insights and analytics on the other side. So I don't know if you can see that from a funded file perspective, but it would be cool to see. Yeah. So I've tried different touch points throughout the years. I mean, I think for me, you got to throw out the typical newsletters from like brokerages. You got to toss that out the window. It's got to be something that's of use to the person that's receiving the touch points. Like it can't just be a generic thing. I'm not a huge fan of birthday emails. If you're going to do a birthday email, you may as well do a birthday text with a loom going over like a personal message to that person, which we've touched on on previous episodes. I would much rather do that than a birthday email. What I would like to set up that we haven't done yet, Brandon, is some sort of either an automated email for renewals or reminder within the CRM for us to reach out to them, whether it's a phone call or a text. I think we have to have that. And as you ramp up and get busier, I think maybe the automated email just to go out first might be a good idea and then have like a second reminder once they get to like 90 days out for you internally to then call them if they haven't responded. I think that would be a pretty cool sequence because then at least you know they're all going to be touched on within, say, six months of the renewal. And then if they haven't responded, then you can follow up again. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think a lot of this conversation today has talked about how can you make things personal? And that's how things are moving more and more every year. It's personalized, it's targeted, and it's direct to people. And I think that that's the best way. You don't want to have a lot of fluff in there and you want to have people look at something and say, this is relevant to me and I appreciate the time that they took to send this you know, to me. So I think that's nail in the head. If you want to be really successful with people, you have communication that's targeted to them at a cadence that makes sense you know, to them where they're not overly bombarded at the same time they're getting enough that they know, hey, I've got this relationship. And when I think mortgages, I think Tom. You know, and I think when people have a conversation with me, I'm going to bring up Tom because I've got a good relationship with him and he thinks about me. So I do think it's important to set up some kind of a cadence to that, whether it's going to be something that you send out automatically, like a market update. I know a lot of people do that and a lot of people have success with that. Birthday emails. I've had people reach out to me and say, hey, you know, the birthday emails have got me the most deals, surprisingly. And it's such a simple thing. And, you know, they can have something fun and, you know, a video in there or whatever. That can go a long way sometimes. Or it's just a reminder for you to have a touch point with somebody that you know, you know, has a good relationship with you and that you want to be able to work with going forward. So, you know, I've seen a lot of people do the six or seven kind of touch points a year. And whether that's with a quarterly update, the birthday email, the anniversary email, you know, that's six right there that they're going to get. I've seen a lot of people do that. 
kind of thing. I don't have analytics on it. I don't know how successful those things are with, you know, one way or the other, but my gut tells me that more pointed is better. And, you know, regardless of what you're going to be sending out, you need to send something out to people Mm -hmm. and you need to, you need to have something to do that. And you need to have yourself a process in place to make sure that you're going to. And so whether you've got your process that you stick to, this is how I send this out, or I've got these automations that are going to notify me or send things to people, you want to make sure that things don't slip through the cracks and they're able to stay on top of it without creating a lot of work for yourself. Because you want to be efficient because you're this person that has marketing and sales and fulfillment and all this other stuff to do. You know, so I think it's really important to think about your time, spend your time wisely and use these tools wisely to make sure you are staying on track. And you've got this idea of this is what makes sense for my business. And what am I going to do to set this up so that I'm going to be able to have those right touch points with my clients? You definitely have to have them in place, like maybe not overkill with all the touch points, like 12 a year or beyond, but at least have something in place. And I'm just thinking this off the top of my head with that renewal email, maybe make it into like a short nine word email with nine word emails, you expect a response from them. So it could be like, Hey, your mortgage is coming up for renewal in six months. Are you able to hop on a quick call this week? Something like that. Way more than nine words. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. A little bit of abbreviation to it, but keep it short and sweet. Don't have that like banner and all that crap. Keep it super simple and expect a response from it. I think that would go a long way. So we should probably test that out. We'll play around with it. I think a big piece of all of this, though, is like these reminders and stuff like that. It takes the mental load off of thinking, okay, have I been with this client? Because I was just sitting here and I'm like, my wheels were spinning. I'm like, there's a couple of people I haven't touched base with in a while. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to just build out these little reminders. So I know that when it comes to that date, I can skip over that should I wish to, but I can also just send a quick text, do a quick call. So having that reminder, take the mental load off. When it comes in, the reminder comes in, think of something personable. Like yesterday, I ordered a wine subscription from this company and we have all this wine coming. We're not even really drinking that much right now. But Livia's like, why did you order it? And I was like, they sent me an email. They, they called me a filthy animal. They referenced the wine that I liked. They had all these extra things that were like very personal to me. And I was like, screw it, I'm buying this. So now I got cases of good wine coming in. But it's just like, that took time. That wasn't just like an automated message. It was very personal to the things I had said when I visited their winery and things like that there. So someone took the time to send it. I'm sure their cadence gave them a reminder, hey, send this to Brandon at this point. But like Mm -hmm. taking those opportunities, get the reminder and then tweak what you're messaging accordingly. I think that's the win is to use a tool, but then use your own creativity with that tool. Yeah. I think that's kind of how this conversation is going is make sure that you can take that mental load off so you know your process that you laid out ahead of time is going to work for you. And when it is going to work, it's going to work with the minimal effort so that you can have customized, targeted messages to people. So you're saving time, you're making sure you're having those touch points, and that's what's going to give you that success down the road. And it's so great when you see companies that do it so well. Yeah, I, like I worked with one and their customer service is like, it's unbelievable. You know, and every time I have a question with them, they follow up and say, okay, so we got that figured out. Hey, another thing I noticed was this. If you wanted to take advantage of this, or if you haven't been doing this, here's a good idea to do. I think like, wow, that's great. You know, and there's something to learn from people that really have it figured out. And it's just so neat to see. Those are going to be the successful businesses going forward. The ones that they raise the bar that way and they're doing what makes sense. 
100%. Well, Josh, I think you gave us a lot that we're going to take from this call and implement into our process. And for listeners, let us know what your number of contacts you're doing per year, what works for you, because it's always good as an industry to kind of get best practices and feedback from each other. For anyone listening who's not on a CRM or looking to shake things up, what's the best way they can connect with you? Just email me. You know, it's josh at brokeredge.ca or check out the website, brokeredge.ca. If you want, you know, we can have a conversation and, you know, look at what makes sense for your business. But yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for having me. It's been great. A lot of fun. Thank you.